It's the Rasball Fantasy Football Podcast. B-Don and Donkey Teeth back with you for another round of rankings. We've got the running back ranking comparison coming up, B-Don. Always an exciting show. Yeah, I mean, I think this is where we, like, initially started the, like, our podcast way back when was just running backs was always a an area where we had the most disagreement. So it's always felt like it's it's a good show for us to do regardless of the season. Return to our roots. You know, it is. It exactly. has been. I, how long have we been doing this? Maybe like almost ten years. It's getting up there, man. Because I think I think I was in Cincinnati when we started, so it's been at least eight years. Yeah, there's been an interesting I ebb noticed. and flow of our kind of philosophies uh, on running backs, and and I mean fantasy sports in general is it's going to happen over ten years, right? But you were always the like RB heavy, like all in on running back early ever from the start, and I don't think that's ever really changed much. It, it hasn't. It might a little bit this year just because of the uncertainty at the position to some extent, but we can we can talk about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, off the bat before we do dive into like the biggest differences in our rankings, I do think that that, um, you know, just kind of looking at the, the top tier, it feels like in the past maybe five, six, maybe even the past 10 years, there's always been like top two, three, maybe four in that top tier where it's like consensus. Everybody wants those guys. And this year, it definitely feels like the pack is a little bit closer. There's a lot of uncertainty in the rankings. There's almost like an argument for like a top 10 uh, top tier. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of shuffle them around in any order. And if as long as you're thinking reasonably, you can see it kind of shuffling around and, and any of those guys being in that discussion. Uh, I think there's a, maybe a couple of guys we have that aren't, in the top 10 the same so that that 10 8 to 10 area may be a little bit different for us in regards to who we have there i know joe mixon's one guy we're going to talk about here shortly that i have in the top 10 you do not and that's because of that may or may not be because of performance in the situation that may be because of other things um but you're right i mean it doesn't feel as secure i mean christian mccaffrey austin eckler feel like they're safe but at the same time we're also hitting the age with these guys who have been at the top of the running back position for so long that there's you know there's a cliff that hits every running back and they're they're approaching it age-wise yeah and I mean the shift has been going on for the better part of this decade with NFL teams you know going away from having that bell cow back right and I think that uh, every year it just becomes more and more prevalent in our fantasy minds right that like none of these guys are doing what adrian peterson used to do uh maybe one or two of them surprise us uh you know like maybe a a derrick henry or jonathan taylor or something like that but they'll be the exceptions right maybe nick chubb who uh spoiler i've got ranked really high but it's 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 not something that we even expect at all anymore right we're expecting these guys to to give away 30% 30% of the carries, even the best of them, right? Yeah. I mean, that 30% would be, you know, generally just taken and accepted. Just take that to the bank and, and don't look back if you can guarantee, you can guarantee us that. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, any other philosophical thoughts on running back drafting this year before we dive in? No. I mean, I've, I've always loved running back. Uh, this This might be – one of the few years where I have more than like one or two non running backs in my first round. So we'll discuss that when we get to overall, but usually I'm, I'm like running back one through 11 and I might stick a wide receiver or a tight end in the back. There might be, that might be the, this might be a change for the first time ever. So my uh, top running back, you know, I, I don't shy away from the hot takes. Uh, I'm pretty close on my kind of top few running backs. Honestly, like I said, the top 10, I don't have a huge degree of separation. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody at the back end of my top 10 ends up being the top running back. And we've seen guys kind of uh, come out of nowhere into the top half of the RB1 ranks really the past five years. There's there's been somebody that just uh, surprised us. So it's going to happen again this year. Uh, But I I went with Nick Chubb, number one. And I know that you – I'm guessing you probably don't like have a heavy disagreement on this. You've got him at number four, so it's still pretty high. The argument here is like it's a run first offense. 
Uh, Kareem Hunt is no longer there. He's possibly the most talented runner in, in the league. Uh, and he's got a great offensive line. So I, it w- was not like a big stretch for me to get Nick Chubb up there. Now, I don't. we didn't talk about this off the bat. These are half PPR rankings for me. He was a little bit more active in the, in the passing game last year, even with Kareem Hunt. So uh, I don't think I would have him ranked number one in a full PPR league. I guess I'll just say that. Standard league, he's like far and away number one for me. Uh, but half PPR, it's like... I'm splitting hairs here, and it, it is a little bit of a hot take just to get Chubb up there at number one for me. But what are your thoughts? I, I don't mind it. I'm actually a little bit annoyed with myself that I have Christian McCaffrey at number one because the stats say that he won't be a repeat number one. He's already been number one. He's actually never been number one again. I'm sure that would surprise people, but that's the you know them's the facts. Uh, so there's a high probability he's not number one. He just feels like the safest guy to potentially put up a number one season. Um, I don't mind the Nick Chubb. He's he's one of the best runners in all of football in a you know standard scoring and or we should say non PPR at this point. I I would I would agree he's probably my number one uh, Nick Chubb. But uh, again, with any kind of PPR, there's just so much that he has to make up, even in a half PPR. Even if you give him 15 more receptions this year, which I don't know is all that reasonable, honestly. I feel like they're they've they're using him as much as they want to already. I don't see him taking a huge jump up in carries or touches in general. So even with uh, you know a few more receptions, you're still looking like a 30 or 40 point gap just in receptions alone, and that's before you start adding receiving yardage to like the other running backs ahead of him. Yeah. You know, the thing, the thing with Chubb for me is like, there's always been these game scripts that just like Chubb is playing really well. It's not going great for the uh, Browns offense and they're suddenly playing from behind. And then it becomes the Kareem Hunt show in the second half. I don't think that that's going to happen. Like, I don't think that they're going to be going to uh, one one of their next tier down running backs as the receiving back. I think they may lean a little bit on third downs or something like that on somebody else. But uh, I think Chubb does get an increase in workload in those scenarios. So I think that that and then, of course, they're the the best uh, top five offensive line. Pretty, pretty strong consensus there on on the Browns offensive line. So that's the argument there. Uh, McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, it's like I got him ranked number two, right? Like nothing against McCaffrey. If if he gets the 70 percent of touches out of the backfield like we're talking about, then and he stays healthy for the full season, then, yeah, I think he probably is number one. I just have that little bit of uncertainty with Shanahan, like. He likes Elijah Mitchell. I, I think Elijah Mitchell is a guy that I'm probably going to be invested in for where he's being drafted after he's probably going in like a 10th round or something on average. It feels like practically free. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if he turns into a fantasy RB2 and McCaffrey's like a back end RB1, which, you know, that's still really good, right? Uh, it's just, uh, I'm a little bit hesitant there. Plus, you know, last season he was healthy, but the two previous seasons he was banged up. Like there's just no guarantee. There's no guarantee with any running back's health, right? But um that's just kind of in the back of my mind like grasping at straws for a reason not to to rank McCaffrey number one but that's kind of where I landed that makes sense Uh, I mean it makes sense I uh you know I I think Christian McCaffrey is as as good a bet as anybody I don't think he's really taking getting taken out of the lineup I don't I don't actually see that, that that happening for like you know for a significant amount like you said uh, I mean, everybody gets taken out for some time and some breathers, but just I mean, it's it's Christian McCaffrey. Why would why would you give it to anybody else if he's ready to go? Well, I don't know. I don't know why Shanahan <laughs> does the stuff he does. I agree with you in theory, uh, but just a, a little. I bit mean, of he, Shanahan typically gives it to one guy. It's just we don't know who that guy is, and it may change. As long as Christian McCaffrey's healthy, there's no question about it changing or who the, who the guy is. Yeah. Well, you should be right. But last year, and this may have, this may have just been, you know, kind of an adjustment period with McCaffrey coming over and he hadn't fully settled in yet. And there wasn't, you know, the full trust in him knowing the playbook or whatever, but 
uh, before Mitchell got hurt, right? There was, it was pretty much an even split. I don't think it's going to be an even split, but I wouldn't be shocked if it was like a 60-40 and McCaffrey, you know, he's still going to put up great stats at 60-40 in a good offense. So uh, I just think that, that that's a possibility with Shanahan. You know, it's he's got like a wrinkle of Belichick to him where it's just wild card. Like you just don't know what's going to happen. So um, anyway, I, I think that that's enough. Like we both love McCaffrey. Uh, no, no, no issues with him as number one. Uh, Tony Pollard's the next. I mean, Tony Pollard's probably our biggest difference considering how high I've got him ranked. And you've got him at number nine. I've got him at number three. Um, I, you've always been the Tony Pollard fan, so I'm actually a little bit surprised to see you have him ranked that low. Zeke is gone. They've still got a pretty good offensive line. We know it's going to be a good offense. Uh, I think it's Tony Pollard show. Like I, there's a chance Tony Pollard's the number one running back in PPR leagues. Yeah, he he broke his fibula last year at the end of the season, so that's that's why he's down. Everything about him, I, I, you know, I've always been a fan of his, so that's why he's still in the in the top ten despite having broken his leg. And you know, there's there's worse injuries, honestly, than breaking the fibula. I, at least in my mind, the way that it's you know played out across your medical your medical expertise, exactly. <laughs> Plus, you know, I mean, we've been playing fantasy football for a while now. We've seen different injuries and and which ones tend to kill guys, which ones some players come back from which ones, you know, th- that everybody tends to come back from pretty regularly. Like, and the fibula is in the higher percentage of, of the traumatic, you know, leg injury types. So I, I like him to bounce back, but you're still counting on a first year post injury bounce back. Uh, so that's, that's my only concern with Tony Pollard. That's why you have him higher than I do. There's just, there's safer guys that I think provide, you know, pretty similar regards to upside. Fair. Uh, We're going to start moving a little bit faster because we're already like 12 minutes in and we've gotten through like two players. So it's running uh, backs. I just assumed it's going long. I'm sure we're going. Yeah. Oh, it's going to go long. (laughs) Uh, Jaguars, Jaguars situation. I don't think that this is that, that big of a surprise to either of us that I'm higher on ETN. I was higher on ETN all last year. Uh, I think you've got some sort of personal vendetta against ETN. Uh, you've got him ranked down at number 20, 19. You've got him 19. I've got him at 11. So eight spots apart. Um, Jaguars offense looked good last year. I mean, it really seemed uh, that uh, Trevor Lawrence turned a corner. There's not like a whole lot of scary competition with ETN. I'm actually, I don't really get why he's being ranked. Cause I think I'm higher than the consensus on him by, at least four or five spots, if I remember correctly. So I think the consensus is closer to where you've got him ranked. I don't really get it. What is like, is it Tank's, Tank Bigsby and Jamichael Hasty? Are they like the threat to to ETN? What's the argument against him here, Biedon? I mean, he was just very ordinary. I mean, he's just very boomer bust. He was like 150 or like 65. And that, and he wasn't really using the passing game. I I feel like I I, I sell, said that coming in. He he performed really well for a period of time, and we thought like, okay, the breakout's coming. He put up four straight one hundred yards, one hundred games. Maybe it was three straight, three straight one hundred yard games. Like he was getting the touches, and then they they took the touches off of him. Now some of that was injury related. He was he got kind of banged up in that period. And then they gave him touches back, and then they took him away again. And so that's part of the concern is I don't know that they're necessarily committed or wanting to give him the 70, 75, 80% of the touches like they did in those games where he had big performances. And then when he's not in that range, when he's in the 50, 60% of the range, he's in that mediocre performance. So it's it's kind of one of those things where you he needs the workload to put up the numbers, but they're not really giving him the workload most of the time. That's the concern. I think, I mean, I, compared to last year, I think having Tank Bigsby, Dearness Johnson, and Jermichael Hasty there is a gigantic upgrade versus what he was dealing with last year, which was a clearly not healthy James Robinson uh, and then Snoop Connor, like who's still there. But that was that was it. Like that was the whole competition. It was supposed to be Etienne. James Robinson, and that was supposed to be the, you know, the duo. 
Robinson, I don't know if he'll ever be the same, but he looked real bad last year. So they drafted Tank Bigsby in the third round. And then they brought in Jermichael Hasty and Darius Johnson. So, I mean, I think that's just the concern that it's really hard to predict week to week. But he does certainly have the upside. So I understand why you have him there. Um, I've I've never been a huge ETN guy, so that's part of I think why you tend to be higher on him than I am. But this is also just part of part of the uh, mystery week to week about like where his playing time stands. Yeah, I, I guess the the part that um, I would disagree on is li- like last year James Robinson was coming off of a great season, so I, I felt like there was a little bit more uncertainty with that you know, Robinson ETN split going into the year. And yeah, ETN was fortunate that Robinson wasn't healthy. Robinson started out very strong to the year and it was looking not good for those of us ETN. believe you looked like a genius through like, I think two weeks, uh, two or three weeks, James Robinson looked great and he was really cheap in drafts, right? He was. Uh, and then, then he got injured and then yeah. <laughs> no, it, that's what, that's what happened. Great. He looked, he looked really bad after that. Uh, he broke, I think he broke a bone in his foot. And then he had uh, some other issue with his legs, so like he just kept be- being injured. And it was it wasn't like it was just not a good year for James Robinson uh, after after the start. So it is what it is. But I- I'm just I'm not sold. He's getting continuous workload. He may uh, ETN, but part of it is also he he has an injury history. He's always kind of nicked up in some way or another, and that's part of the reason he doesn't get the snaps too. Jameer Gibbs, I, I don't know what I'm doing here ranking Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> this high, like, when will I ever learn my lesson on the Detroit Lions backfield? Probably never. Uh, <laughs> no, that's <laughs> never going to happen. <laughs> um, yeah, talk me off of Gibbs here. I, I mean, the argument for him, they have a great offensive line. They, they really do now. And uh, Montgomery is not healthy. So, I don't know. I feel stupid for Lions, Lions running back <laughs> right here at the top of RB2. You've got him at 20. It's probably a more reasonable rank, but what's what's your thoughts here? Uh, I mean, I, I like the talent. I don't trust the Lions, and that's that's a lot of it. Uh, having David Montgomery banged up is, is certainly helping his cause, but they're also saying it's not serious. He's a veteran, I, you know, holding him out of you know, volunteer workouts isn't really the end of the world in regards to his playing time. He's actually only 26. I know that's going to surprise some people. Like, Dave Montgomery's been around forever. He's got to be like 30. He's 26 years old. I I mean, I feel like they're going to kind of do what they did last year with Swift and, and Jamal when they were both healthy. Swift then wasn't healthy and then lost out a lot of work but like I, at the start of the season they were splitting carries and Jamal sold touchdowns from the beginning so I feel like they're just going back to that same mindset of Gibbs will get them 20 to 20 and Montgomery's going to come in and, and score the touchdowns and there's an added risk that you know Gibbs isn't up to NFL blocking standards and may lose snaps that happens to rookie running backs a lot of time especially early in the season and so if you're going to take him early you know you need him to not have that that you know five six week learning period where they're like you need to block and he can't he's he's probably a little bit better best ball type play and if you're gonna draft him as an an rb2 because he's probably going to have big games and Mm-hmm. It may be it may be tough early on, like you're saying. If Montgomery is able to get healthy, uh, maybe they lean on the vet early, and uh, Montgomery probably will steal a lot of those touchdowns when he's healthy. So, uh, yeah, I think you make a good argument there, and I mean, may need to bump Gibbs down a little bit. Joe Mixon, we we're both in on Mixon last year. You've always been a Mixon truther. You've got him ranked at eight. I've got him ranked at fourteen. You kind of mentioned it off the bat. Like there, there's some potential for a suspension here. Even without that, you know, he he looks like he's lost a step. Um, Bengals offense is still really good, so I see the argument for having him as an RB one, and I certainly wouldn't be surprised by him finishing a, a, as an RB one. Like there could be a boatload of touchdowns here for Mixon, uh, so just some minor concerns. I really don't think that we're ultimately too far apart on Mixon. 
Yeah, I mean, he had the concussions last year, and whether they 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 cleared him officially or not, you know, that's that's up in the air. So I don't know if he was he was one hundred percent in some of the games last year. Regardless, he still finished ninth, even missing games through the season. So I'm not or ninth, sorry, ninth in, in points per game. Uh, I think he finished like thirteenth in overall. I have to give me one second, and I'll, I'll tell you. But like, I'm really just not worried about Joe Mixon. I feel like his role is as secure as it as it comes within the running back landscape this season. And we've seen that he's, you know, a quality running back. Some may argue what, you know, to what quality, and we can have that discussion if you want. I think he's, you know, among the the better end of the running back spectrum, Uh, maybe not elite, but in that next tier, some may say he's another tier below that. And that's fine. All he does is put up a thousand yards and, you know, the offense just keeps getting better. Look out for uh, the guy from my alma mater, University of Illinois, Chase Brown, their fifth round draft pick. He could, you know, he could surprise some people this year. Take some, take some work away from Joe Mixon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe because we kind of know where the Bengals expectations are at this point And, the only competition is, is right now is is really the Steelers. I mean, you could say the Browns, but we know what Browns are going to end up doing, and they're going to they're going to collapse in on themselves at some point. So, like it, it's them in in Baltimore. I I feel like they maybe Mixon loses sometime just to keep him healthy. He is going to be a 27 year old running back approaching again kind of that running back cliff of 28, 27, 28 years old. But I think we're we're still pretty secure in, in what he's going to do. Um, yeah, Chase Brown, a little more of a, you know, flyer in those deep best ball league kind of thing in case Joe Mixon does get hurt. You know, those type types of players that uh, take over and – Or suspended. I mean, there's – Or suspended, yes, exactly. Uh, Damian Pierce. Yeah. Our next one, we're nine. But I think Travion – I think if, if something happens to oh. – did I lose you? No. no so I think if something happens to Mixon, I think it's Brown and Travion. Like, I, I don't think it's just one of them. I think it's a – it's like a pretty pretty even split at that point. I don't think they go to one guy. Uh, Damian Pierce is what I was saying is the next man up. Uh, I've got him still up at number sixteen. I was you know I was a believer going into last year. He had some great stretches. Was not able to to stay fully healthy. You've got him down at twenty five, nine spots apart here. What are your thoughts on Damian Pierce? Uh, I like him. I I think he's. He's in that tier that I say that Joe Mixon isn't a part of, so he's, he's a tier below Mixon in regards to talent level. Uh, it's the Texans. I don't really trust them to be good. Uh, C.J. Stroud is going to run more than Davis Mills did, so you're going to lose some carries there. And they brought in Devin Singletary, who is a you know very solid running back. He, he's shown it for a number of years. So I feel like there's going to be more of a split. I feel like the upside is is pulled a little bit from Pierce, and so that's why I have him down. Uh, Brees Hall is our next uh, next player up. I've got him at 19. You've got him at 15. I think we're both a little bit lower on Brees Hall than the consensus. I feel like he was being ranked uh, closer to like 11, 10, 11 area. So we're probably thinking similarly here. I, I'm not a big fan of drafting fantasy running backs coming off of ACL injuries personally, which is why I've got him and Javante Williams a, a little bit lower than uh, other people, even though I love the talent on both these guys, I'll probably be back in on them for 2024. Are you gun shy at all on Brees Hall? Yeah. I mean, ACL minor MCL. I mean, that's, you basically lost a knee. Uh, every, Almost every running back has a setback in their first year. Returning from that surgery, I as great as Brees Hall is, and I expect him to be fine in the long term, assuming the knee, you know, nothing happens to it this season. I love him still, but uh, I'm not willing to fully buy in and take him and reach for him. 
Um, I feel like I'm kind of around consensus, or maybe I am a little bit below. I, I think he's probably going as a 12, 13 running back, and I have him at 15. So uh, he's going to have to fall a little bit to me, but the upside on Brees is worth reaching for because if he just gets the speed back, we know what he can what he can do, and you know maybe the shiftiness isn't there. But if he still just breaks some runs, he's he's going to be worth the pick there. Yeah, there's no doubt the upside is there, uh, but I don't think the risk is worth. Like there's other running backs that that uh, I would rather. I just, just feel safer to me, uh, which is rare, right? Like I, I like the upside. It's just this ACL <laughs> stuff. Like yeah, I, I figured I you would be on the higher end on him. I, I am in Dynasty, like I'm all aboard. I, I, I would be buying hand over fist on Brees Hall in Dynasty, but redraft just a little bit gun shy here. Uh, so we've got, oh, you know, I want to talk to you about Kenneth Walker here before we get into, we're going to go through some backfield situations because it seems like we've got some discrepancy between the the Ravens, the Bears, and the, the Broncos backfield. But I want to talk to you about Kenneth Walker. He's the guy that that I feel strongest about this year relative to where everybody else seems to be ranking him. I think I had him at like number 10 in my rankings, you know, the, the, and you got him at 12. So it looks like you're higher than most people as well. Cause I think consensus had him as like a back end RB two. Uh, curious to hear if, if you kind of agree with this thesis, uh, people seem to be concerned that the Seahawks went out and Pete Carroll drafted a, a second round running back this year as like kind of a red flag on Kenneth Walker. We've seen him do this before, right? Like, and you know, Rashad Penny, they spent the first round pick on in 2018 or 2019 or whatever it was. And they took it slow with Penny and it, I, it wasn't even as certain of a situation back then. Right. That was kind of like a, a very their their backfield was very in flux and I think that's when Chris Carson ended up you know kind of rising to the top and uh asserting his dominance on that backfield for a couple of seasons there but I I I feel very similarly here like I I don't think that this is like a huge threat to Kenneth Walker and Pete Carroll's always like to to spread it out a little bit right like it's not like you were expecting Kenneth Walker to come out and get 80 percent of the carries or anything like that it's probably you know, 60-40, maybe you get lucky and get 70-30 to Kenneth Walker, but he was amazing last season. So I just don't see I don't see the the reason to knock him down in the rankings. It seems like you're probably uh, in similar opinion, huh? Yeah, I mean, I think the concern with Kenneth Walker is is twofold. You get, you know, Charbonnet brought in, plus he's coming off of the ankle surgery. So there's a little bit of a double hit there, and I understand why people would be concerned. You know, ankle versus a knee, you know, I've seen more players come back from kind of an ankle surgery than a knee surgery the first year. So I trust Walker from a health standpoint a little bit more. And you know what? I'm just looking at it from a talent standpoint, as I I tend to do in these scenarios. And Kenneth Walker is so much better than, than Charbonnet. So that's that's another part of it. I think Kenneth Walker is just the real deal. You know, I think Chabonet is a fine running back. I think he's, uh, you know, going to be going to be a great backup for Kenneth Walker. Agreed. Uh, okay, that out of the way. Let's get to these uh, backfield situations. It seems like we're all over the place on these. Uh, Ravens first. I've got J.K. Dobbins ranked twenty first. You've got him at thirtieth. And I guess my, my feeling on Dobbins is I was out on him last year for the same reason that I'm out on Brees Hall and Javante Williams this year. Uh, but like I said, I'm going to be back in on Brees Hall next year, most likely. And that's how I feel about Dobbins. He's a year removed from this ACL injury. Um, you know, it's, it's a really good offense. Yeah, of course, Lamar Jackson's going to take a little bit, but we're talking about a guy that that you're getting as a back-end RB2, and he's got RB1 upside. I'm not expecting it from him. I'm just surprised that you've got him ranked all, all the way down there at 30th because I feel like you have been a pretty big Dobbins fan, uh, if I remember correctly. I think you traded for him in our Dynasty League from me, didn't you? Uh, I did, and I do love him. Uh, my concern right now, and this is these rankings are, you know, we're doing these at mid to end of July. I guess it's end of July. We're, we're the 24th things are going to change. Like, especially as we get into training camps, we're going to see who's going to be playing. We're going to see what depth charts are going to look like. Who's gotten cut. That's going to help a lot with some of just the 
the mystery of this this year's running backs we were talking about before the show it feels like there's a lot more uncertainty in depth charts starting starting even at, at the, the top position at, in some situations about who's really carrying what percentage and who's going to be the RB2 and who's three, who takes the job if something happens. Like there's a lot of mystery out there that we're waiting to see who's going to get cut, who's going to make rosters, what those depth charts start looking like and who's getting reps with the first team. Um, I, I think in regards to Dobbins, it's really just that they put him on the pup list. He's having undisclosed leg and knee injury or knee issues and the same leg that he tore his ACL in. That's not great. They signed Belvin Gordon as insurance and gave him, you know, at least with incentives, a pretty decent amount of money for a running back at the point of his career, especially considering all the running backs that were available to them probably for that money. So it makes you, it makes me a little bit nervous on Dobbins. Now, if he shows up at some point in training camp and plays in a preseason game, I will instantly feel better and we will see him move up to probably 15 right now, I would say is, is about where he would climb for me, maybe a little bit higher. No, okay. That, that makes sense. I think the Melvin Gordon thing, like I haven't looked at the contract and I haven't read anything uh, about the contract other than this headline of like, he could earn up to like $3 million on this one year deal. But right. it just has the feel to me of like one of those things that's probably got like a billion outs for the Ravens and they could probably cut him before the season and pay him nothing. So um, that's that was kind of my take on that and why I have Melvin Gordon ranked uh, right around 100. Uh, it seems like you might be a little bit more optimistic on him having him ranked uh, up at 60, huh? Yeah, I just feel like, again, they, he has the experience. He, the, he's a good quality running back. He's one of the, he's a great pass protector as well. So that could just buy him opportunities and you get, you know, on the field with Lamar Jackson, things can happen. True. Things can happen. Uh, the Bears backfield. I mean, I don't think either of us want either of these guys. We do have it inverted. I've got Khalil Herbert at 33, and you've got Herbert at 43, and I've got uh, Foreman at 53, and you've got him at 35. So uh, we want Justin Fields <laughs> as our running back. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know that it makes a, a, a huge difference to us. Like, yeah, maybe you take a flyer on one of these guys' bench depth in probably a deeper league. Like, I'm not excited to – to roster either of these guys in, in a shallow league, unless something kind of happens here in the next few weeks or in training cap where one of them surfaces and it's like, he's the guy, right? Right. That's what I'm basically waiting on. And I put them eight spots apart. So I'm not really, I'm, I'm hedging a little bit. I'm saying, I think Foreman at least starts the season with the RB one tag. I think he's just the veteran despite Khalil Herbert being there, them, you know, knowing him, it just felt like – it just feels like they don't want to hand it to Khalil Herbert, Herbert. It feels like they never really did, despite the fact that when they did give him, you know, a decent workload, he had pretty pretty damn solid games. Uh, it just feels – it feels very Bears-esque, kind of just split it amongst guys. And honestly, I think when Dante Foreman's healthy – like him and Khalil Herbert, talent-wise, are probably right in the same range. Herbert being a little bit better receiver, Foreman being a better just runner of the ball. So I can see them each just kind of getting that share of the work. Uh, and then our last backfield situation here, beat on the Broncos, I've already kind of hit on it. Uh, I don't trust Javante Will. As much as I like him as a player and I like Brees Hall, I'm probably going to be in on Javante Williams next year. I, I loved him going into last year, and he looked great until that ACL injury. I, I just don't want to take the risk. And uh, by the way, right, the, the Broncos offense looked pathetic last year anyway. So you've got him ranked all the way up at 22. Seems like you're a little bit more of a, a believer in Williams' ACL uh, recovery. I, I've got P. Ryan very close to Javante Williams. I got Javante at 31 and P. Ryan at uh, 34, that's Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, it's an even split or P. Ryan even kind of leads that backfield. So what's your thoughts on Javante Williams? Seems like you're in on him. Uh, I am in on him to the extent that at some point, 
when you start looking at the running back position this year, there's the are they actually going to be good enough to get RB1 carries even in our weird world that we live in where nobody gets RB1, like true RB1, but like, you know, you have the, the opportunity new, to be the new RB1. RB1. Right, <laughs> exactly. And do they have the talent to put up like an elite season? And that that threshold seems like it it's like this there's, is right where it, it drops off. Like that's why I put not it that 20, many, yeah. yeah there's not many players that that actually fit that bill. Yeah. I hear right. Dalvin Cook will move above him as soon as he signs somewhere. He's at 23. Like James Connor can be okay. He gets if he gets the amount of touches that he got last year, he can be okay, but I don't he's not an elite talent. Uh, same with Damian Pierce. Rashad White, Isaiah Pacheco, like Alexander Madison, Brian Robinson, Dobbins can move up as soon as I hear he's healthy, he's going above him. But like, there's just not, there's just not that many guys that fit that bill anymore. Yeah, I think that that's a that's a fair argument for him there. Uh, and then Alexander Madison is an interesting one to me. I've got him at 22. You've got him at 28. You know, six spot difference at this stage in the rankings, I guess, is not not huge. We might be pretty close on him. It seems like it's his job, right? Like I, I don't see anybody taking a, a ton of that workload away from him. Do you? I don't, I just, I don't think he's that good. Like I've watched a fair amount of Alexander Madison over the years. Every time Dalvin Cook gets injured, every time he gets on the field in the bears Vikings game, you know, I'm pretty sure we've done tape film on him like at least twice over the course of our show. Uh, like, I feel like Alexander Madison has been around long enough. We know what he is, and that's that's a, a solid running back. But I, I don't think he's he's that good. I think Ty Chandler has a very specific role that he's going to do. I think uh, Kenan Gagwu is going to also have great great pronunciation. Touches. I think there. he's. I think that was as good as I'm going to do, honestly. <laughs> so we're just going to go with it for now. I just, as much as I think Madison, you're right, that Madison doesn't really have clear competition, I still feel like he's going to lose touches because he's just not talented enough to run away with the job. And they may just, by, you know, association, lose some carries that they gave down Cook and throw the ball to Justin Jefferson more. Yeah, and Jordan I mean, Addison, by the way. I don't don't necessarily disagree with anything that you're saying. It's just that Madison has he's got a lot of experience in this offense, right? Like he's been there under Dalvin Cook kind of as his protege for how many years now? So like he's been there in waiting. I you know, he's not Dalvin Cook, right? We're not ranking him in the top 10 here. So uh, I think he's he's gonna end up being a fine RB2. Uh, which it sounds like we're probably not again, like we're not that far apart here. On no, Alexander it's probably Madison. the start of a tier versus the end of a tier. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, it's probably the difference this year of getting him and not getting him. Cause I'm, I'm probably the low end on Madison. I think I'm, I'm definitely on, on that side. I feel like he's going, you know, a decent bit higher than where I have him. I think he's he, going, yeah, he might he's actually point two. Yo, I'm, am I right at the consensus? You are. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought I might be a little bit lower even, but yeah, that makes sense. Um, we got a few more players to rattle through here, beat on Cam Akers. You've always been a Cam Akers fan. Florida State, uh, you're a big Florida State fan, right? I am. I am well, I'm not going to say big because college football for me is, is lower on the totem pole than it should be for somebody who lives in the South and the SEC territory, but I, I am a Florida State fan, and I think Kim Akers is one of those guys, and we keep bringing it up. He's now two years removed from major knee surgery. So I just feel like it's it's time. This offense, I think, is taking its its step forward. They're, they're kind of sick about hearing how bad they were last year. Yeah, I think, uh, I think I can get behind this too. And I think your argument for Javante Williams probably makes even more sense here on Cam Akers, right? Like there's not that many guys – that have that kind of upside for, you know, the modern day RB1 stats. And Akers is one of those guys, as much as I don't really trust it, you know, he did show Mm -hmm. signs there late last year. So uh, you could sell me on that. I had him at 24, you had him at 17. Again, 
one of those those spots where it's probably beginning of a tier, end of a tier type thing. Uh, AJ Dillon's an interesting one here. I, I'm not excited about Packers running backs without Aaron Rodgers in general. Like uh, I'm just not excited about the Packers offense in general, which is obviously going to have a trickle negative trickle down effect on the running back position and opportunities to score. That said, I feel like everybody's ranking AJ Dillon really low. Like when they do get goal on opportunities, he's going to punch them in. Uh, he's a very talented running back. So you've got him down at 39. I got him at 27. Uh, I think you're probably pretty close to consensus. It seemed like he was being ranked right there in like late RB3 type territory. Yeah, I'm worried about both of the Packers running backs in general, just the the offense going down. And I think they're going to, you know, cannibalize from each other. That being said, if you ask me who's the better running back, I'm still going to say Aaron Jones. I think A.J. Dillon's role is very specific. And with the Packers being less of a front-running offensive team, I think that reduces A.J. Dillon's role significantly because Aaron Jones is the better receiver. They're both good blockers, but if you can't receive, that reduces your, you know, what you can do on the field for the football team. Aaron Jones can chip block and then go out on a route. AJ Dillon is sitting there and he's blocking. He may be able to turn around and, and, and catch, you know, a small screen behind the line or something like that, but he's not going to run the routes and make the catches that, that Aaron Jones can. Alvin Kamara is our next guy. I've got him at 30. You've got him at 21. I think he's the guy I'm most legitimately concerned about the potential suspension. What are your thoughts there? I mean, we talked about this before we started the show. It's really difficult to find anybody that knows what they're talking about with potential <laughs> suspension stuff, right? It is. And like as big of a deal as it is for our game, you, you know, I don't want to say that fantasy football drives anything, but fantasy football players would be clicking articles that know what's going on with some of these suspensions that are that are looming. Uh, I think because he pled down to a misdemeanor, I don't feel like he's getting like the full commissioner like smackdown. Like he's getting the slap on the wrist. Four games I think is probably what he'll get. Maybe six if they're if they you know they just really want to say well you you might have bought your way out or you you know you pled it but you could have gone case for for a higher charge maybe they give him six games but i'm thinking you know three or four and again there's a point where <laughs> who's going to put up that season alvin kamara can do it and we still don't know if there's a suspension if there is he's going to drop certainly um but until we know that he's definitely getting suspended, I'm going to play a guessing game and kind of stick him in the back end of, of those guys. Like I did with, you know, the, a couple of other people and, you know, Javante and, and Dalvin cook and, and some guys like that. Yeah. So it sounds like I'm probably a little bit more, I'm definitely a little bit more in the camp that uh, I think he's going to get suspended. And then on top of that, I don't think I'm as high on Kamara all else equal. Like, He's, he's had a downturn in the, the receiving department without Breeze, with, without a doubt. So um, I think he's just past his prime. There is an opportunity here for sure to, to snag Jamal Williams and or Kendra Miller late. Uh, also, I'll say beat on, like, I, I'm definitely gun shy on starting the season out with a guy that we know is injured or we know is suspended, which isn't the case with Kamara, but the risk is there. You know, I'd rather just go in a different direction, like in shallow leagues, especially where it's it's like I don't want to eat that that bench spot up and draft capital on a guy that, in my opinion, is likely to be missing the the start of the season. So that's kind of my argument against him there. Zeke, uh, you got him at 48. I got him at 65. I'm going to guess neither of us want this guy. But uh, where do you think Zeke ends up? I think he ends up back in Dallas, man. I, I think it just makes so much sense. Dak loves him. He's been in Dallas for forever. They have to be among the highest people, the people who have the highest like respect for what he can do on the field. Still, I feel like they know what his role is. That he just steps back into it at a lesser role because now he's not. He doesn't have the money to back up, you know, demanding touches anymore. 
But I think that's ultimately what's going to happen. I don't know that anybody's handing him a straight-up RB1 job. And without that, I think the Cowboys are the next best alternative for him. Uh, And we've seen that that's not a useless role. So that's why I have him just inside the top 50. Because I think he's going to be, regardless of where he signs, he's not going to be in a useless role. It just depends on how good or how bad that that you know, kind of borderline RB1, RB2 in an offense role might be. And some of these, you know, free agents, it may just be how many running back injuries do we get during training camp and preseason games? Yeah, I think that that's, you make a pretty good argument for Dallas. It does make a lot of sense. And that's probably an argument to move Tony Pollard down a little bit, just because they will give him, you know, a little bit more respect than a new offense would. Right. Um, Leonard Fournette's the last guy on our list here. I don't know that we need to say a whole lot on Leonard Fournette. I'll I'll leave it to you since you've got it ranked a little bit higher than than me. And then I do want to wrap it up with a little discussion on Saquon Barkley, which we probably should have hit on back towards the top of of the discussion. So give me your pitch on on Leonard Fournette if you have one. Uh, my pitch is basically the same thing as Ezekiel Elliott, except that I think Fournette might have more in the tank than Zeke. So I feel like the role he's going to fall into is going to be he's not guaranteed to take an RB1 role like I feel like he's already accepted in his career once that he wasn't going to get the RB1 role necessarily and so I feel like that's he's kind of entering that stage again where he's going to have to earn the RB1 title for a team again versus Zeke who feels a little bit more entitled to an RB1 role just because of the contract he's been getting paid and as much as I don't want to admit it, his numbers looked, you know, pretty decent last year, whereas Fournette might have taken a step back. And so that's there's kind of the difference for me in regards to Zeke versus Fournette. Yeah, I think there's a good opportunity to say uh, our rankings are going to – you've said it before already. Our rankings are going to change a lot over the next few weeks as, as things start to become clearer. There's a lot of guys that don't have jobs right now that are going to sign places and – they'll move up and the people that are in their backfields currently move down and people are going to get injured. People are going to get suspended. And then we got the Saquon situation, right? Uh, He might, he might not play this year. Uh, We say this every year, right? And it seems like the players end up playing, (laughs) Uh, but uh, Saquon could be serious. I don't know. And they just signed James Robinson, right? So, um, you know, the giants don't seem like they're just going to sit back and not be proactive at the very least signing a guy that's already, you know, rushed for a thousand yards in his career. What are your thoughts? It seems like where you've got him ranked you're you, you think Saquon is pretty likely to to start the season playing for the giants. Yeah. He's, he's coming back. He's going to, he's going to play. I mean, this, this they finally have some hope in regards to what they did on the field last year. Daniel Jones finally looks like, you know, a reasonable starting quarterback in the NFL. I can't see him not coming back. And just he has to play through at least some of this tag. We've seen what happens to running backs when they sit a season. It is as much as it's a it might be a good business decision for or not a good uh, a good uh, like spot to say well i'm not going to play if you don't pay me and just kind of put your foot in the ground like it's not a good business decision you ultimately tend to not ever get back to that level of play when you sit out for a season for like a non non injury i mean you're just not playing football how can you come back after not playing football and be as good uh which is a, a sneak preview i think the wide receivers i'm not i'm probably not going to be favorable on uh, Calvin Ridley versus the crowd. I think Saquon is one of those players where I I would not doubt, like we've already seen him miss a lot of football and come back just as strong as ever. So I don't know. I, I think that he's one of those exceptions that would be able to just sit out a season and continue to work out. And, uh, I think he would come back just as, as strong as ever. And, you know, having had the the injuries previously, like maybe there's a little bit more of a concern there for him to to get 
that financial security. I'm sure that, that that's part of where it's coming from. So I think I'm a little bit more of, of a believer that he's serious. That said, uh, I would be surprised as well if, if he wasn't there week one. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just can't see it. I, he's, he's gotta be on the field. I feel like he's still going to make 10 and a half million dollars, which isn't, you know, it's not top dollar, but I mean, it's, it's not the worst you can possibly do. I, I feel like he's got to, got to show up and play. I just thought, or they're going to pay him. I mean, they, they may just decide he's worth it. Just you pay know, the man. Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> just pay the man. He is the offense. Right. Let's, let's be honest. He's, he's, he's so the good. offense. He's so good. <laughs> um, okay. Let's wrap it here. Be done. Good stuff. 50 minutes, you know, could have been a lot worse. I think we're, we've really matured here in our age. <laughs> this is the fastest running back show we have ever done. It's not, it's not even close. I, I think last year we did like a two hour one. <laughs> I, I'd almost guarantee it because we probably went straight through rankings to like 80. Because we probably split it into two shows. Is probably what we yeah, did. it's yeah. probably what happened. I mean, it's exactly. Uh, I mean, there's definitely some some things we could talk about on the back end, but again, that's so much depth chart and news related that for us to discuss it right now is almost going to be useless once we get to you know a further point in. Inwards, if you have specific questions, you can always ask us uh, on Twitter or in the comments or wherever. Happy to happy to respond with what our thoughts are. Yeah, and stay tuned. We'll have ranking updates, obviously, periodically. My rankings will be uh, in the description of the YouTube video if you're watching there. Uh, Bidon handles the posting on the Razwell website and will likely link our both of our rankings in there. So. Uh, you can find them, and they will be uh, updated periodically. So stay tuned. You can follow Bidon out there on Twitter, at RazBidon. I'm at DonkeyTeeth87. We'll be back with our wide receiver ranking comparison uh, maybe over the weekend or something like that, Bidon, huh? Yeah, I mean, we kind of we kind of took our time on the running back. So, yeah, maybe we uh, might have to double up and get two shows in this week. Sounds good, man. We're looking forward to it. I will uh, talk to you soon. All right. See you, man.